Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today I am a buttered up Butterbell boy. Yes, you I, are. <laughs> um, for a, a housewarming gift, I was given a fancy, fancy new Butterbell by Dan and Trevor, and I can't wait to try it out. I'm going to put butter in it. <laughs> like he's supposed a to. traditionalist i see <laughs> i mean what else do you put in there hey uh, my name is don i'm a big chubby guy living in sunny hollywood and i i am pro butter i am pro butter oh good pro I, butter. I, I'm, I'm strongly pro it's i'm a hot take salted I mean, butter it's I, quite I, a stance to have yeah. my name is dan oliverio i'm a chubby chaser author public speaker and yes also very pro butter uh, we have two kinds of butter in the fridge. We have salted. We have unsalted. We have mm. yet to make compound butter. Compound but, butter is fantastic. But I'm sure that's coming. What is, Isn't it? What is compound butter? It's with uh, garlic and herbs. Or okay. infused any, butter. Any, yeah. Anytime you incorporate some other herb or spice into yeah. butter. Infused butter. Yeah. 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 I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chap. I'm here in, well, we're in uh, what, Studio City, I guess. Valley Live Village. from Studio Valley City. Valley Village. Yeah. Live from Valley Village. Yeah. Um, and I am also a buttery... Butter boys, um, <laughs> but for other reasons entirely. Yeah, <laughs> no, Don't I ask. still I still have a lot of butter left over from my baking class. Just remember, so butter goes some, rancid. Yeah, some compound butter. Keep it in the fridge. Only if you're a just quitter. Wash it off. Yeah, <laughs> that's just a giving up attitude. Huh? <laughs> oh. It's uh, I had my coffee. I also have my my Starbies here. We need to get a sponsorship from Starbies. I feel like we. I could, don't think we're gonna. We could go, we could go really far with that though, because how many fat people get Starbucks? We could put Probably a fat a logo of. on our website. You know, oh my god, big fudgy latte. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'd order that. I imagine by default it's like you have to have they have the oat milk one. This one's like heavy cream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rich. It's uh, buttery. <laughs> is it's it rich, butter? Are we going? Are, is this the theme for the episode? <laughs> I, I think there are going to be some spices in there. It's a little spicy. It's a little spicy. We, we do have some spiciness. We got some sweetness. Ooh, I'm, I make Dan, uh, if I ask him to make me a latte for a a, a dusting of cinnamon. Yes. And I'm very specific about he it. He is. If the cinnamon is not filtered through a strainer and dusted lightly on top, it does not pass muster. Oh. Because well, I would, when I, the first time I did this, Dan gave me a blanket of cinnamon, which is... <laughs> Yeah, I took the goddamn cinnamon bottle and I sprinkled it over the top of the glass. Cinnamon Apparently that doesn't work. (laughs) You didn't sprinkle, you shook it out. (laughs) People, listeners know what I'm talking about. Well, anyway, (laughs) on to the show. Yeah. Um, First up, but first we have in our our little breakdown, we say, but first uh, we want to know how chasers have been represented in not, not just media, but, but, Fictional media, I think. Yeah, fictional like, media. Like what movies, shows, I suppose books could be on the table. Yeah. Um, because I personally, I don't think I've actually seen A Chaser in something. I've heard about it, but it's like Dietland. Yeah. Like not great. Positive representations if possible. Um, but we were sort of racking our brains for, for as many as we could think of. And yeah. it wasn't a lot. There, so if you guys have they heard may be of at the point of representation we're just showing up maybe the representation and, and to be clear it's it's not enough that you just have a thin person with a fat person like that's not mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. a chubby chaser situation mm-hmm. we're not talking yeah. modern family yeah yeah modern family it does not count to me um although we do have we have had listeners who had very positive experiences we're not knocking modern yes. family yeah. but they are dis- they're definitely not we're a looking for couple. explicit representations of the chaser in popular media. And I think it might only be identified in the media as somebody who has to say at some point, I like them because of their size yeah. or somehow expresses that where it's not like, oh, oh, you know what? The one guy from um, Dumplin', the, the, mm. the boyfriend or like the guy that she's interested in that he likes her and he says, you know, she's like self-conscious about her back rolls or whatever. And he's like, I like that. Yeah, it was very simple and understated. That yeah, would be that's all you need. That's all yeah, you need. That, and that would be, I guess, an FA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, so if you guys have any that you've seen or heard of, uh, let us know because we we're gonna do an episode about it. Yeah, Shh, don't tell anyone. All right, shall we get on with it? Let's get started. Let's get started. Uh, we there's kind of a theme. I wonder if people will be able to get the theme before we get to the main. Before topic. we get to the main topic, okay? It's not super obvious. It's there. Think sure. on it. Yeah. Think on your sins. Let's, we're get, we're rolling into pop culture. Uh, I, there's also kind of a butter theme, I guess. So you're <laughs> you're like a little pat of butter sliding down a pancake right into pop culture. Ooh, sexy. So out of UC Health, uh, this was crazy. 
Robotic kidney transplant opens door to patients with a higher BMI. Robots are doing surgery now. Mm-hmm. What will they think of next? Um, yeah, Robots are very clever. Robot, they, they, <laughs> they've come a long way. The, the weird part is when I read the title of this, I was picturing an actual like robotic kidney that like walked up to the sleeping person, like, <laughs> extended little spider legs and made an incision and crawled uh, its way in and then eliminated the kidney. Uh, too, much, too much matrix, Don. Too much matrix. Okay. <laughs> too much or not too much enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently the, the robotic surgery entails, because in a kidney transplant, I guess, is it transplant? Transplant, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't put the kidney back where it belongs. They put it somewhat lower. Lower, closer to the abdomen. Yeah, which confused me because I thought the kidney was already there, but Your okay. Okay. Anyway, but they use this robotic technique and apparently the using the precision and accuracy of the robot allows them to admit higher BMI patients, which of course means that the problem with having a higher BMI is the surgeon, not the patient. It's, yeah, part of it was the size of the incision of yeah. the different kinds of surgery. Mm-hmm. So on a, a typical transplant surgery, you have to make it like a 10 inch incision, which I get, and in a place on the body where it's placed basically, that is, I guess, harder to do or more dangerous to do the more belly fat you have. Um, I don't know much about that, but that's how it was described versus the robot surgery where the incision is only like an inch or two long. It's much smaller and it's closer Less to invasive. your belly button. So I think the placement is also somewhat more optimal to like having it be safer or easier to do. Um, yeah, but basically they, it was, it was this doctor who has a few different fields of expertise, including urology, where they do a lot of robotic work and he partnered with the university and they did this sort of first robot kidney transplant surgery for a guy whose BMI was 40, 35, 40. I think it was lower than 40, but you know, you can still get the whiff of anti-fat bias in this Mm -hmm. because one of the things the surgeon says is he didn't think it was fair. And if you read on, it's interesting that the candidate they chose, this guy, the patient, it's very clearly not his fault. Right. And they Mm -hmm. go, and over and over again, you see, well, okay, it's a genetic condition. His kidneys have a problem Mm -hmm. and that his higher BMI is actually due to the size and weight of his kidneys. Right. And, and, and so there's a lot of like extenuating, extenuating circumstances that eliminates a lot of the, a lot of the slings and arrows that a lot of anti-fat people would sling at this. Um, I thought it was interesting though. There was, I don't know if it was the same doctor who mentions that like, it's not fair to expect people who have, you know, to accept people who are undergoing dialysis to lose weight while undergoing dialysis. Yeah, it's hard. Just because yeah. it's like your body is, you're experiencing muscle wasting and just like, it's not mm-hmm. like it, we shouldn't be asking people to try to lose weight for this. Yeah. And, and to, to Dan's point, there is all, like the article itself kind of goes out of its way to say like, well, the guy, like when he, he did get the surgery and he's, mm. he's really working hard to be active and lose that weight. And like, mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's really being, you know, good. So much of it focuses on how it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, on the plus side, very cool that this is possible. Yeah. Um, basically it takes a 3d image of the inside of the guy of whoever the patient's body, um, inserts these tiny little arms, these robot arms into, into the body. And then the surgeon is sort of using a control panel and making all of the movements with their hands. And then the robot arms are interpreting these movements and doing them themselves. It's remarkable. Which is insane. Yeah. And very, very cool. Not quite Don's uh, nightmare kidney robot. No. No. Maybe, maybe next time. Oh, we'll get there. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. The face hugger kidney. Just you wait. (laughs) The disappointment on Don's face. <laughs> Come on, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I do not. I would, imagine, I would be like, terrified if imagine I Imagine like, the truck carrying all of them. Oh, for fuck's sake. Tipping over, <laughs> the crate spilling over, and then just robotic kidneys running amok through Burbank. Kidney, 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 kidney. Be amazing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was scanning through my, my horror sound effects from our from our Halloween episode, but none of them really captured what you Robot kidney? Yeah, robot yeah. kidney. What is Spider sound? kidneys. Spider kidneys, spider kidneys. Well, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is a piece in Vogue by Emma Spector um, talking about uh, Nicola Coughlin from Bridgerton and uh, just kind of Nicola Coughlin talking about asking for respect on Instagram, but also just a fed identity and the shame of ha- like having to do that. Right. Basically just 
to asking people very nicely, if you have an opinion about me and my size, just don't share it with me. I don't, don't need to know. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that that's even something you have to ask yeah, the, for. The article has, has two prongs there. It's, it's one that, number one, that she would have to even say such a thing. And two, that she says it so nicely mm-hmm. as opposed to fuck off, I don't want to yeah. hear you. She's like, you know, if you do have an opinion, I would just appreciate it if you wouldn't share. Like, wow. And wow. Yeah, it's I so think, courteous I, to I these people. I think there is not a single fat person in the world who doesn't understand that sentiment. Yeah, well. And hasn't wanted to say that at some point. And you can't, I don't think you're allowed to get angry because then that's just going to be what mm-hmm. it's about. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's so typical that, number one, that women aren't allowed to get angry. And that two, that you'd have to handle these these awful people with such kick gloves. Well, and uh, I mean, the article I think gives her the uh, what is it, the benefit of the doubt here in that she could have she could have gotten very angry about it mm-hmm. and chose not. She could have, but I think that would have made so they, it worse. Yeah, but I, I guess the point was that the, at least the writer of the article placed it within her power to choose. Like yes. I chose to be polite about this and yes. nice, and and you know the fact that you have to ask at all is nuts. She would have been equally justified to rant and rave and say fuck you all. Yeah. I thought the most interesting point, though, was that it's not just it would be very easy to say like, oh, you know, this is just all of the horrible trolls that are saying awful things about her size. Mm -hmm. um, And that's what you're trying to block out and you can throw them all in a trash bin. But it's not that's not the only source of this kind of input. You can get it from your we've talked about this like friends. Mm Family, yep. your mom, your people, fans, yeah, people who reviewers. are making reviewers. Mm-hmm. Oh my fucking reviewers! God. Yeah. The worst. Like even the best. I remember uh, Margaret Cho was doing something. I can't remember what it was, and it seemed like every review I read referred to her as the Zoftig uh, Margaret Cho plays blah blah, blah and it had nothing to do with the role, had nothing to do with the part, had nothing to do with the project, and she was the only person described physically in any way. Of course. <laughs> You know, and uh, I understand what you're talking about, yeah, my yeah. dear. We, oh. and to top it off on Twitter, I feel like people are sort of, you don't see people on Twitter as being people, mm-hmm. right? They're mm-hmm. just forces out there. So th- that visceral dislike has no filter yeah. at that point. Or, you know, or, or sometimes it's not even dislike. It's that, I mean, the, the, the author of the article talks about how it's often, from it's coming from within inside yeah, the house. Right. It's, it's other house. fat people telling other fat people like, I'm worried about you or like, wow, you'd be so pretty. If that's and, the one that, know. yeah, like you would be really attractive if you, you know, yeah. lost this much weight or whatever. I know that's a stereotype, but like, I feel like that's one of the most damaging sentences out there. Mm. I firmly believe and common that. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm sure extremely common. I, I feel like everybody, like once somebody hits a place where they're happy and like, or like, there's always like at the sort of that that place where somebody physically represents the best version of themselves. And I don't know if it's really related to weight at all, but you can just see it. Like they are sort of like radiating their own, I don't know, like confidence maybe is part of it, but like you can just tell like, oh, you're in a good space. You look great right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because you feel great. I don't know. Well, what's ridiculous is so often if someone perceives a fat person to be looking particularly good on a particular day, they say, have you lost weight? Yeah. Because oh, that's yeah. the only way a fat person could look good, right? Is if they lost weight. And it's it's this self-reinforcing That's nonsense. interesting. Because I, I remember I was getting that a lot when I was reuniting with people post-COVID. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty consistent thing. And it's like, oh, it didn't occur to me. Like, it's not that it, they think I lost weight. It's, it's that they're happy to see me. They're happy to see you. They you know? think you look good and looking good for you must mean yeah, lost weight. That's an interesting, that's an <laughs> I, interesting chain of thought. I had not followed. Oh yeah. I get that a lot when I get haircuts mm-hmm. and it's like, your face looks so much thinner. Listener. <laughs> <laughs> Most people know what I look like in that. Like I have an extremely fat face <laughs> and to be like, your face looks so thin. It's like, uh, no, it doesn't. Come on. Like, I, know, I guess you're trying to say I look good. Or is that a veiled weight loss thing? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, it, that it's a weight loss thing, but it's so obviously not true, accurate, <laughs> and it's just like weird. And I don't. I wonder if people literally just don't know how to make a compliment that isn't weight. Well, when weight you, I think you when should you, respond like, "Wow!" and you look so much taller. <laughs> the the writer wraps up the article, I think, really nicely by saying, "For the sake of Nicola Coughlin and every other fat person in the public eye, I hope that we, and by we, I mean non-fat people as well as fat people, can build a world that doesn't compel us to beg for scraps of approval." or to send strangers rude DMs. 
mm-hmm. which I don't think is too much of an ask to make nope. personally. Like, I yeah, make it happen. Just, and also don't tag people like celebrities in your weird posts. There, there's, this is not fat related, but like there's a lot of controversy around the casting of in the new Dr. Strange, like America Chavez and people just really going after this 15-year-old actress. Mm, Jesus. Which I'm, I'm not going to get into it. But just like, don't, I don't, don't be weird. Just don't, like, just take a minute and just be like, is this weird? Are is, they tagging her in these things? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And like attacking her, like, how dare you? Yes. You 15-year-old monster. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. Uh, but it's, I listener, need... you're, you're still riding that little pet of butter down the pancakes. Whee! It's time. You're soaring. <laughs> Which means a lot of syrup is falling. Oh, God, yes. It's Fat Watch 2022. 2022. We've made it, listener. We're here. Ride that butter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So Michael shared this, and this is actually something that there are several items and little bits and bobs of fat-related news that, like, get lost to the void during our um, hiatus, our hiatuses, yeah. which maybe at some point, if we ever do like a Patreon thing, we'll just like take like, Hey, there's this thing that's really interesting <laughs> that like, I don't really know how to fit in anywhere anymore. Yeah. But it is cards you can order and give at the doctor's office that say, please don't weigh me. And it kind of explains mm-hmm. why yeah. healthcare professionals should not be doing this all the time. Yeah. So they're from, uh, they're created by morelove.org. Uh, which is an online resource created to help parents raise kids who are free from body hate, disordered eating, and eating disorders. Um, and the card says, please don't weigh me unless it's really medically necessary. If you really need my weight, please tell me why so that I can give you my informed consent. It's really straightforward, really simple, I would mm-hmm. think. I don't know how a doctor would take that per se, but I'm curious. I, You know, one of the things I've started doing is... I guess what- it, would, it would be the doctor would be the nurse, though. Well, yeah, it would but go you know, to the nurse, but it would be given to the doctor. Yeah, yeah because here's okay. it's interesting what happens because I started doing this just to train them. Like, I don't really care if I get weighed, but I care if someone gets weighed and it's trauma for them. Mm-hmm. So I just started training them like, yeah, some people are going to ask not to be weighed and I'm going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it does filter back because the nurse is like, well, what do you mean? Well, why don't you just tell me your weight? I'm like, no. let me know when you need to know because right now stepping into your office you don't need to know yeah Mm. and it's funny because sometimes it comes back and like the doctor says oh you didn't get weighed i've i've declined to have my blood pressure taken because the little instrument they use is fucked up it's this thing they put it on my wrist it looks like some sort of 80s science fiction television Mm. dick tracy thing and no here's the best part because it has to be at the level of my heart, they want me to hold my wrist up mm-hmm. at the level of my heart with my other hand. Wait, they, wait, what? Yes, because it has to, when you, when you take blood yeah. pressure, the cuff has to be at the level of the heart, which is why they usually put it on the upper arm. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to use any effort to raise your arm. When exactly. That yeah, so like that's, that's my whole point. And so like, I remember I got, I got a blood pressure reading that was literally off the scale. It was so high. It couldn't measure it. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, you better see your doctor about that because it was a different physician. And I'm like, no, you need better equipment. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that drives me crazy. I do not have a blood pressure of like 240 or something. <laughs> and I genuinely feel like they use the blood pressure to, to justify things they want to believe already. So like I, throughout, throughout 10 years I was with this doctor, I have never had high blood pressure, mm-hmm. right? It's not one of my problems. One time I went in and it was just like a little bit on the high side. And it was like post COVID. Yeah. Right. Uh, like right during the breakout mm-hmm. uh, and go, and immediately they're like, okay, we're going to put you on these meds and these meds and these meds. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm like, I, I decline. I have another appointment in two weeks. We'll check again. <laughs> Meanwhile, I walk in there as a thin person. And they say, yeah, it's a little high. How about this? Best two out of three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's the only time that one blip and they were going to start medicating the hell out of me. Absolutely. Mm. You know, I, mm. no. I, uh, I don't, I don't know how necessary this is, but if you, I mean, what, what Michael does is he just has his own blood pressure cuff. Yeah. I've just, I've can, been looking into that just because my current doctor does not have a blood pressure cuff that fits me. And mm-hmm. like at my old doctor, it was like, they, Oh, I, I, 
there was a point where I would correct them, but they would just keep doing it wrong. So I just let them figure it out. Like I just let them go through thing of like, oh wait, this doesn't fit. Or like, oh well, let's try it anyway. And then you know they'd start <laughs> pumping, and it would explode off <laughs> my arm. <laughs> and it's like I'm like maybe do you have a bigger one. I'm like oh yeah, I'll go get it from the I'm, other room. Yeah, it's like well, it's so obvious. It's these things. So if you haven't figured out what we're talking about today, because <laughs> we haven't said it explicitly, we're talking about numbers. 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 Yes. Numbers and weight. weight and the lying about it, the truth telling about it, the demanding for those numbers. The obsession. The obsession and what it does to you. I mean, the, the inciting incident for this, for this episode was like, have you ever lied about your weight? And if so, why? And I think we should start And in there. which direction? Yeah, and in which direction? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I don't know. Should we do a round table like one by one? Do you want to do it? Because I, I have. I can of course say I have. Mm-hmm. Like, I think everybody probably has, right? Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. agree on that but one. But I have lied in both directions. Yes. Interesting. I I have too, actually. Well, I haven't explicitly lied up, but I have rounded up kind of almost as a way of kind of looking at people and being like, I, I, like, I dare you to ask, like challenge me on that. Mm. Like just by a few pounds. But like if I'm like, you know, I think at my heaviest, I was around 225 or like 222 and I would round up to 225 and just kind of look at the person and they inevitably would always come back like, oh, you don't look that, I can't, I can't believe, you know, <laughs> how, how dare like, you tell me that I can't number. believe, like, Jesus you look like Christ. you're, you know, like, what? why must you turn our house into a place of lies? <laughs> and they, they would always come back and be like, oh, you look like, you, you don't look any heavier than like 180. And it was almost like 180 was some high number. I've fluctuated, so in the last 10 years, when I moved to LA, I was around 165. I was basically a skinny teenager, but not anymore. And I've gone between that and like 225 and back down again and all over the place. And I don't know if I showed people pictures of me from the last 10 years, I don't know that anyone could really accurately guess any of those weights. Well, but people are terrible at guessing weights. They are 100% terrible. And especially the farther outside the norm you are, the the worse they get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Trevor and Don can tell us like the ridiculous guesses they've gotten. Point in case the, uh, offer to be on my 600 pound life <laughs> and just ugh, the, it's like, so it's either that or it's like, you know, I'd say about like 280. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, I, I've list I, in our second episode, I talked about like the whole horse thing, the woman like trying to get me on the horse mm-hmm. and like, <laughs> I'm not going to ride on the horse. Yeah, uh, that's not going to be a good thing for it, anyone. What was it, like 300 uh, pounds? Yeah. was the weight mm-hmm. limit? Yeah. Uh, but they don't know because m- most most people, you know, the scale only goes to 300. So yeah. at 301, can you even walk? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah. it's this upper limit that people have in their minds. And so if 300 is literally the end of the rainbow, you know, my God, they're 300 pounds. Yeah. Well, you don't look that big, so you must be 250. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's this ridiculous conception. And I know so many people where the limits on the scale, right? Like, you know, get, you know oh my God, I'm, I'm over 200 pounds. Or, oh my God, I, for bodybuilders, you know, I dropped under a particular weight. Or for gainers, like 300 is this terrifying, you know, Star Trek end of the galaxy barrier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, so... Uh, something that I ran into, this was, I don't know, a couple of years ago at this point, I was having weird, I don't know, I had a kidney stone, but it was still in the diagnosis phase of like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I was going for a, I think it was an MRI and I was, and it was, they were doing the contrastive dye thing. So was that, the, is that MRI? It can be. Yes. You can use contrastive dye. So they're going to be doing contrastive dye and they're like, okay, we're going to inject it and then take you over. And I was like, well, can you make sure that the machine can actually hold me and accommodate me first? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's the weight limit? And they're like, oh, well, no, but like, you're probably fine. That's not <laughs> And helpful. I was like, okay, but before you inject me with radioactive dye, I want to make sure we yeah. can do this. that yeah. I can actually fit in the machine, that the machine will hold me. Like, can I go see the machine? Can I talk to the tech? And they were like, no, it'll be fine. Just we'll inject you with the dye and then take you over. And I was like, I am not letting you inject me with radioactive dye until I know that I can actually do this. Cause mm-hmm. I know it's an issue that a lot of people face and it varies wildly, you know, location to location, mm-hmm. the size of the machines. They were able to accommodate me, but to the fact that like it, it was such an issue and that I know other people have had the 
opposite. We're like, oh no, the machine can't hold you. I, I, almost, yeah, I almost think it I've wasn't an that. MRI because the machine was, I've had MRIs and they are incredibly cramped little torpedo tubes. I mean, this was not that. So I, I'm trying to remember. I mean, regardless, I, I was, but you still, I still think, think you it's, easily it was a happy ending. Yeah. yeah. But I think also just it, the fact that it was a big, like it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It became like a major issue to make sure that a piece of medical equipment could accommodate me and that like, why would I ask for that? I'm curious, uh, Don, you said you had lied in both directions before. What uh, what were the circumstances that pushed you in either direction as far as the number? Well, lying down, I don't think anyone needs to explain because yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's just, that's life in this world. Mm-hmm. You get judged by the number, so you slide the number down. Um, when I'm being judged in the other direction on a personal ad, like I don't lie about my my weight on my ad. If you if you ever see my personal ad, that is my weight, right? Mm-hmm. But people keep asking, right? And I'm like, okay, if you're asking, you're not sure what I look like. I'm I'm gonna slide it up ten pounds if I find you attractive. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might, or or down if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have done that. Yeah, no, I have done that. I have done oh, that. you don't want me. I'm only two fifty. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to get somebody to go away. Uh, That's cute. But yeah, so I mean, but it. I have to say, the act of lying upward felt incredibly unnatural. Hmm. It was entirely like a. It was like a mental tactical move that was against my being, right? Hmm. Um, in that it felt like I was defaming myself by doing that. Does that, does that make any kind of sense? In both directions or just one direction? Just up. I would say more up than down. Is but that, yes, I have felt that way going down. I was going to say, because you're just more used yeah. to lying down. Yeah. Lying, I think you just get used to it. And be, I've justified it in my head for a thousand and ten reasons. So oh, it's yeah. not as hard anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, lying up. I'm like, I know I'm not like my body is my body. Right. And the way it's portrayed in my ads, like you, my body is what you see. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's not like I'm putting an ad, a, a picture from 20 years ago or something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, I, so I've, I've done both usually going up. It's either like I have a question about the capacity of something mm-hmm. and I want a little wiggle room oh. in terms of like, I, I, I don't, I don't trust weight capacities of things. I know so this I want chair it to be can higher. hold me, but can this chair hold me and a glass of water? Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. It's, like, it's hard to describe. Like I want, if you have your keys in your pocket <laughs> <laughs> and because like, I feel like they're like, Oh, well it, like they could say like, Oh, it's 300 pounds, but you'll be fine. Like, uh, no, like I want it. I want, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think Don understands what I'm I talking. Do. So it's like, like <laughs> the, the, I picked up a chair, uh, near the start of COVID. Right. And, mm-hmm. I bought one that was supposed to go up to 500 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. And it holds my weight and it's comfortable, but I can already feel it like it's twisting off center Mm. and getting more and more wobbly as time goes on. Mm. So like, yeah, they... That's not necessarily the truth. You, you want to it's investigate. Like, it's like the expiration things. date of foods. <laughs> like Trader Joe's expiration dates are far more on point. Yeah. Okay? We're like, it is midnight on that day. It's like <laughs> just the, the bell tolls and the mold just forms over everything. Whereas like. You ain't just whistling Dixie. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I think so often when they, when they rate the weight limits, it's like they take the chair, they put 500 pounds on top of it and leave yeah. it alone and go, nope, it's okay. I really <laughs> wonder though, because I feel like, I feel like it could go both directions though. Like yes. this is kind of the, like they say, oh, we could, you know, we have had 500 pounds sit on this chair and it's been okay, but we don't want people coming back at 500 pounds saying they sat on the chair and broke it and then blaming us. And so maybe they lower that number to oh. cover themselves a little bit and say like, well, we only said it took 350. So I don't know what you were maybe thinking. So. My point is, my point is going to what Don said is that I don't think in any case when they rate the weight capacities of furniture, they take into account the the twisting, the turning, the hemming, the hawing. I mean, when Trevor, baby, when you get out of a couch, or when you sit down when on I the go, couch. I, not when I get out of a couch. When I sit down on the couch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When you Which, sit down on the couch, that, I mean, that's some stresses. I will. And, you know, in our new lovely recording space, Michael's mm-hmm. couch, 
I got a the new first couch. time sitting on it. I was like, okay, this is You're very delicate. Yes, very gingerly like <laughs> deploy landing thrusters. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, you don't do that on our couch. No. <laughs> and Boom. I will say, I think this, I think this couch has been holding yeah. up pretty well. Um, Trevor, Don, Michael, all been on it in all different spots. Well, because um, it's basically two single beds wired together. It's it is enormous. a giant couch. I've had a great experience with this company. <laughs> I will be practicing uh, my gymnastics routine on it after the podcast. It's and we'll so see how it holds deep. Up. Oh my God. It's a massive, you could sleep on the couch for mm-hmm. sure. A- any of us can sleep on this couch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe we'll do, we'll do a, another follow up uh, with furniture. Sleepover couch episode. We'll, we'll, we'll check back in in a year and just see like how it's held up over time. <laughs> um, so something that, th- this was something else that came up there. Oh God, the fixation on numbers. When we were discussing this, I thought of, there was an article from, I think it was last year. It could be two years ago because pandemic stuff, brain mm. cataloging things of <laughs> scientists researched certain foods and the effect <laughs> oh. it has on your lifespan in time. Oh, so ridiculous. And what? Oh, you remember this. I read this and it's a hot dog will take 36 minutes off your life, which I actually forgot. I remembered it as a lower number. So when I looked this back up to talk about it, on the episode is like, holy shit, 36 and minutes. And now anytime I eat a hot dog, I'm just like, I was thinking three minutes. <laughs> um, so I'm like, okay, oh, three God. minutes <laughs> is multiply that by a And now he's setting a stopwatch. Well, and then like I had a uh, some little pigs in a blanket, frozen pigs in a blanket. Oh my God. And I was thinking about How like, much of the what is the math of this? Of oh, it's so ridiculous. It is, it is such a nonsense misuse of statistics. But you know what? I remember them doing that with cigarettes when I was a kid. I remember like for every pack of cigarettes you smoke, you're going to lose a half an hour off oh the end of your life. God. And even then I was wondering how the hell they were figuring yeah. it out. No, no. Apparently some foods can add time to your life. <laughs> and I think like a PB&J can add time, which I would, I'm kind of surprised maybe because of the Well, peanuts. if you're in the right time zone, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So just never travel west. Um, it's so dumb. I do love the idea of that because then, like the person dying, as long as you give them an IV of that superfood, um, they will peanut, never peanut die. Butter, <laughs> get them a peanut butter and jelly stand. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. Another sad rest. Um, so wait a minute. So you could counteract the pigs in a blanket with enough PB and J. Yes. Okay. Good. Which is another food. I love pigs in a blanket. And I love PB and J. Just have them both together. Yeah. Could in you the same combine meal? them? Yeah. There yeah. is this sort of culinary. Time warp we're working on here. This is this how time, time travel gets invented? <laughs> it's the hot dog. You eat so many hot dogs that you actually start getting younger. I'm I'm picturing science. it's a wiener inception. <laughs> it's like oh the uh, you know how people, kids make like the the orange lamps or the pickle lamps or whatever. No idea for science what? fair. No idea. Where it's like there you use you, you get electricity from a pickle. Oh, and then you can turn a light bulb on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it's like that, but like thousands of hot dogs and they like flip a switch and open a, a portal. <laughs> hot dog time travel. Yeah, well, because that's the thing. Eventually you're going to eat so many hot dogs that you go back before a time you were born. I mean, they went, that's this is the based thinking on, here. This is the same science they use in the in the Princess Bride where he's strapped to the machine that takes years off of your life. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, no, don't push it to 50. He's just force feeding him hot dogs. This is the same <laughs> and they counteracted that with PBJ's, PB&J's yes. in the movie as well. That was the pill that he makes him take. Oh. Yeah. That was just a PB&J squished up a lot. You know, the things we as the general public don't know, Michael, it's just, it's just astonishing. <laughs> um, so, sorry. That, These yeah, movie magic tricks. So what was the other tangent? Aside from hot dogs. <laughs> um, when I was writing my New York Times essay, I was doing a workshop, and I, I felt it was important, mm. given just the, the medium uh, there ended up being a picture of me, but I didn't know if there would be a picture of me to include my weight. And everyone discouraged me from it because they're like, if I knew your weight, I would find it so distracting and I would have a million other questions. And by and the way, when they said this, they still didn't know your weight. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh my God, that's so high. Well, and uh, I mean, the article was about being fat and, and working out. Yes. Like that was wrapped into the subject of the article as well. And so yes. that was part yeah. of he, he wanted, information. He, he wanted to, he wanted to use his weight as a way of telling the reader, like, okay, it's this size. I'm talking about being this size. Mm-hmm. Well, cause if you just say like a fat person in the gym, that's anywhere from <laughs> 225 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I got it, but also just it's so strange to me, but I, I get it. Well, I'm curious, was it, because the first thought I have is like, don't tell me your weight because then I'm going to think about my weight and then I'm off on a trauma spin. Or was it not that? Was it something else? I don't know. I think it's just like. I think it's just not being able to conceive of a weight that high. Well, they, the they, didn't they, didn't know, they didn't know the yeah, number. They didn't know the number. But well, so I think why? it's like, so to bring things back to my 600 pound life, you know, <laughs> being uh, the, the, the casting director, reaching out to people on Instagram. So one of, uh, my former, one of my former Pilates instructors as like a way to relate to me about like, I don't know, fat politics stuff, I guess, or like body positivity or whatever would be like, uh, 600 pound life is one of my favorite shows. And I think it's so great. Oh, God. That, like people, like they just, yeah. they really, that there's the people in the show really have people who just really love them. And like, they're, <laughs> I think I mentioned before. I so well-intentioned. I got a this phone is- call from an old friend at like 1030 at night. This was like 15 years ago. Uh, and he sounded so excited, right? He's like, I've got the best idea to jumpstart your career. Oh boy. It's going to be great. The exposure oh, no. will be amazing. <laughs> the biggest loser. Like I know the casting director. Oh, I can God. get you on the show. God. And like, what did you do? I mean, I know you want to shoot him in the face, but what did you actually do? I actually... Well, he's dead now. I, <laughs> I was so surprised by it, right? It just came yeah. out of the blue. It's 1030 at night. I'm getting ready for bed. Oh, um, my God. And, and I just had to tell you. <laughs> yeah, and he was so pleased with himself. Of course that he was. Course. Good luck trying to sleep now. Yeah, I, I think I think all I managed was like, oh, I'll think about that. How interesting. And <sighs> you know, how do how does anyone? I mean, I get that not everyone's me, but how does anyone watch or know about the Biggest Loser and not get that the whole point of that show is to make fun of fat people? I don't think mainstream people think of it that way at all. I I, or I, I understand that, like, but like, don't, how? I I I have a theory, but go ahead, Trevor. I mean, it's the same thing with like my six hundred pound life and thousand pound sisters, and now the spinoff thousand pound friends, which. I am try. I was trying to figure out if it is. If there's four people, and I was like, "Are they? They're not all a thousand pounds. Is that? Are they collectively a thousand pounds?" Once again, math numbers. That's what I assume. <laughs> I figured it out. Okay, hold on. I'm I'm still working it out in my head, but let, hear hear the thought process. So okay, so somebody, a mainstream person, sits down to watch the you know the premiere episode of Biggest Loser, and they're they're going into it. Maybe they have some buried instinct of guilt about it. Like, am I supposed to, you know, but then as they start watching it, they're entertained because they have that instinct of wanting to, you know, laugh at fat people, but they know that the show is about helping fat people. And so it becomes a guilt-free, it is the diet food of television. It is a guilt-free experience. It is is the (laughs) Macwells. Yes, exactly. It's the the healthism fake out. It's, I don't hate fat people. I hate that they die young. Right. It's that, it's that fake out thing, right? So, and it, it works on some, the show works on so many levels. First of all, it's called The Biggest Loser, right? So right. you know that anyone you see on there is having is, a worse life than you are. Yeah. So you like that. Then number two, it's the idea that, well, they're pathetic and I can laugh at them and they're torturing them. So if you hate fat people and want to see them tortured, you get that, you get that bonus. And third, you get to feel good about fat people being tortured because it's for their own good. And and on top of that, it's an affirmation of their existing belief systems. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. You Absolutely. Know, you are correct you everything about. you think about the science of fat, it's all well, their fault. But, Look, it all fixes. But as it's soon not, we, but it's not it. just, but see, it's, it's the Fox news thing. It's not just that you're correct in your belief. It's that you're correct in your belief for not liking these people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the, yeah, you can still have a sugary snack food, but it's still diet food. So, all right. So bringing it back to numbers for a second, how does the biggest loser as a show change when you remove, because the whole conceit of that show is they weigh them and then they continue to weigh them. And at the end, there's the big reveal of the number. How does that show change if there is no number? It's It's not. Oh, it's fine. It's fine if there's no, then it just becomes Ninja Fat Warrior. (laughs) Well, I'd watch that. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's just like the people would still like it, but I think if all of these shows, Biggest Loser, My 600 Pound Life, 1,000 Pound Sisters, 1,000 Pound Friends, if you removed, I mean, there would just be so much like, I think people would still like it, but I feel like it would be so much content missing from the show because there's so much about like, this week you lost X, Y, Z. Yeah. I think that it would be much harder to produce, right? 
uh, because you don't have just here's a task, go do it. And then we're going to film the number. And no matter what happens, we've got a show uh, as opposed to if you remove the numbers, then it has to be watch this person progress from point A to point B, right? Like I can't climb this mountain. I would like to climb this mountain. And the the goal of the show is to help them. Mm, but it's the not, but could. it's not, but it's not the goal. I mean, or are you saying if they remove the number, I'm it saying would be if the they goal. remove the number. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, well that you, well, because Don, what, how remove, else are you going to demonstrate? But Don, this? if you remove the torture, it's not nearly as fun. <laughs> Well, but I mean, I'm but just that's trying point. to think yeah. of like no, you're right, how you're right. you would do that because it's just like the shows are so wrapped up I think, in numbers. Well, and like, what well, would it be? The that, that's the, the thing. Easiest. You would remove fat. Fat no longer becomes the factor. It becomes achieving a goal. So it would be a thin person. Can you get to the top of the mountain? Fat person. Can you get to the top of the mountain? And then it's the work of them trying to get there. It would be pretty you know? cool to see like. If, if it was just all comers and there were fat people who could do things that the thin people couldn't, that would be super cool. I'd be, yeah, absolutely. I could outswim most thin people. Yeah. I could absolutely outswim most thin people. I mean, Dexter could outdance most people. I, I think if you remove the number, not just the number of weight, but the number of measurement, mm-hmm. like any number, if you removed any kind of number from the producing of that show, it becomes, I think, impossible to, to be the same level of damaging. Like it, you have to change the content of the show to be somehow more. Well, but yes, because like, the whole lie of the show is that your weight is your health. Right. Which yeah. is absurd because everybody who graduates from that show is much less healthy. Yeah. Here's, here's a catchphrase. I think we can all cling to health is not a number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of like, what the, what would the show be? Like, what would my 600 pound life be if like, okay, so we're not going to like discuss the numbers of them losing weight. It's like literally some like my my like what the show the I can't think of what the show is other than them like my fat well you, for example you could you could make it about other measures of actual health you could make it about blood pressure you could make it about uh, blood sugar you could make it about uh, the calcium but these the are measurement all of measure, calcium deposits. these are all measurements like if you just took it as like no but if you're saying if you took the weight out you could you could replace but if it you with just take out like measuring like measuring. Yeah. Anything like if you kill remove the any numbers. kind of measurement, yeah. kill just, the numbers. Yeah. And that's and what and is the show that it's just like fat person walking into a doctor's office and it's like <laughs> end of show. Yeah. But you know, that's all they're really looking for. That's all the audience wants anyway. The the number is just a, a method of expressing the drama. That's what the show that's what that is. Well, uh I don't think we've necessarily accomplished anything, but we've certainly <laughs> talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, numbers just, are, I don't know, are I'm, bullshit, I would I'm say. I'm imagining that, like, my 600-pound life without any form of measurement, and it's like... <laughs> my some number life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, we do have a tip. We do have a tip. Re- remove we the do. numbers from your life. That's, that's, that's our tip today. Um, I'll let Dan for the tip because he, he shared it with all of us. Yeah, so um, Self Magazine, as we mentioned before, has this ongoing series... Um, about Trevor, help me out here about, I mean, it's, it's more than just being fat in the world. It's, it's, um, it's navigating, I would say the series kind of like exercise and wellness and kind of these industries. And- yeah. And the latest article they have is tips on picking a gym. And I re- as a, as a gym rat, I really love this article because it's so specific in like, observe this phenomenon. Observe this thing over here. Look at that. As opposed to think about how you'd feel if, no, really look at this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really quick. It's a, it's like a, a, it's a listicle. It's eight things to look at. And I just thought it was brilliant. And people should, if you're, if you're thinking about looking at a gym and you're kind of cautious about it, these eight tips are really, really executable. They're like, you can go do that. Yeah. Uh, as examples, um, researching, uh, fitness spaces that have uh, diverse representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look around. Um, Who do you see in the gym? Do you want to be with these people? Yeah, and <laughs> and I would. Yeah, I would think like, that's more, that's a really good that's way so of doing it. So basic and yeah. easy, right? Because if you're not comfortable there, you're not going to go. Yeah, uh, trainers who mirror your philosophy on weight and bodies. Um, yeah, like dancing, like a lot of hands-on, practical. Yeah. You can do this type of advice. You know, I actually want to say something about that last one. People forget that, you know, usually if you go to a gym and you do this little fitness consultation, the trainer is trying to get a feel for what you want. And a lot of people feel incompetent because, well, you know, you don't even have to be fat, but you just feel not competent because you're not in a gym. You Mm -hmm. haven't gone to a gym. Mm -hmm. You don't, maybe you kind of know what you want, but you don't know how to express it. And maybe they know better than you do. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. So what do you really, it's okay that 
you have a particular way you want to approach this. The fact that you're even in the gym means that you're, you have a valid way of approaching this for you. So it's really okay to see, huh, that trainer isn't speaking my language. Get a different trainer. And yeah, and I will say, just as a roundabout way of relating to that, I, you know, so my method of, of getting workout exercise, et cetera, is basically just soccer. That's the only thing I do that's particularly physically active. But even within that, like, I feel very confident as a, as a player of soccer, but there are certain like home turfs that I have where like, if I play at a certain field or a certain pickup game, I have that much more confidence in what I'm doing versus showing up new to a different game where I've never met anybody there. Mm -hmm. I feel very kind of, I, I get a little more nervous. I don't play as well. I mm -hmm. sort of have a lot more reservations about just being there and, and that is natural. Even if you already have existing confidence within that space, imagine if you don't have any, like you have to try and sort of work to create that for yourself. And these are tips to help you do that from the outset. Yeah. And guess what? It's okay not to go to the gym. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. There's no points in heaven I, for going to the gym. I, I don't, I don't go to the gym. Don, Dan does go to the gym. Don sometimes, Trevor sometimes, who, who cares? Yeah. Do, do what makes you feel good. All right, Don. Give us the bits. Give so us the we bits. have a bit. Bits. So bits. we just went through Valentine's Day and, you know, we were talking about romance. And so I figured maybe you guys can help me pick like the best date for me. I've, I've, I've got a couple different people here. <laughs> okay. Help me figure out. So okay. I like a really tall guy, right? Okay. I like a tall guy. So of these four guys, like who do you think's the tallest? Who's the best for me? Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> okay. Mahatma Gandhi. Or Joseph Stalin. Oh. Do they really know how tall Genghis Khan was? They do. Wow. All right. I, I like overachievers. So <laughs> I don't know, Michael. I think it's a well, con job. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're wow. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Wow. I'm going to say <laughs> You're not even Khan. a dad. No. It's no. amazing. You're the cult puns. They go back thousands of years. <laughs> Shakespeare, the first dad joke writer. So you guys all know if a uh, if a... How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Yeah. Right? And then from Calvin and Hobbes, it's, um, ha, hold on. How many boards would the Mongols hoard if the Mongol hordes got bored? <laughs> I like Sorry, that. That's awesome. I like wrap that. Wrap it back in. I like that. I'm going to um, say Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. As the tallest? Genghis Khan's the tallest. I'm going to say Napoleon. Oh, we got one for Napoleon. You're not going with Trevor? I'm not going with Trevor. Oh, okay. You think it's Napoleon? No. No. He, uh, he thinks, thinks it's Genghis Khan. Khan. I say Napoleon. Oh, it's not Napoleon. Um, I mean, he wasn't tall, but he wasn't as short as people said he was either. Well, you know, he had his hand in his pocket. Yeah, that, that um, makes you taller. Um, I kind of want to go with Stalin. Okay. Stalin? Okay. Yeah. Joseph Stalin. All right. Well, it, it turns out, uh, good checking the stats on these different profiles. They're all the exact same height. <laughs> the tallest of the bunch is, in fact, Napoleon Bonaparte. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yay. Coming in second place is Joseph Stalin at five foot five, Mahatma Gandhi at five foot four, and Genghis Khan at five foot one. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, so I remember reading this somewhat recently, actually. It was not that he was short, it's just that he's short compared to how tall people are now. Yeah. And also there was a bit of a smear campaign against him, I think. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so we we've got my tall guy. I feel like a young guy later in the day, right? So like which of these guys, who do you think's the youngest of these? So uh, Sylvester Stallone. Currently. Okay. okay. Currently. Arnold Schwarzenegger, hmm. Chuck Norris, or Jackie Chan? Uh, I'm going to say Chuck Norris. I say, hold on. Okay. So I, I know Chuck Norris was in a movie with Bruce Lee, and Jackie Chan was a young stuntman in a movie with Bruce Lee as well. Like young, like first job in his career. Yeah, I think it's Jackie Chan. I think Chan. it's Jackie Chan. I think so too. Yeah. Okay, we got two Jackie Chans. I'm going to say Chuck Norris. Okay. We have the oldest of the bunch is Chuck Norris coming ah, in at 81. <laughs> the second oldest is Sylvester Stallone at 75. Wow. And the youngest at 67 is Jackie Chan. Yeah, I'm two for two. Yay. Yep. What happened? Was Arnold in there? I, I didn't mention Arnold. Arnold is uh, 74. Okay. Jackie yeah. and St Sylvester. But I thought you, you didn't mention him? Okay. A friend. <laughs> okay. So I've had my tall guy. I've had my young guy. I think I need something a little kinky in the evening. So I need okay. someone exceptional, someone with a very large penis personality number of nipples. What? <laughs> okay. Um, which of these celebrities has the most nipples? Harry Styles, Marky Mark, Zach Efron, or Tilda Swinton? Goodness gracious. Uh, Tilda Swinton. Harry Styles. 
I'm going to say Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. All right. Uh, the correct answer with four nipples. Oh my! Is Harry Styles? <gasps> I'm three oh for three, God. baby. Three for wow. three. Hell yeah! Um, I would be so much more impressed. Marky Mark and Tilda Swinton have both publicly added themselves as having three nipples, and Zac Af- Efron has disputed a observation that he has a third nipple. So, where, like, physiologically, where do they? Appear. It's, a, it's uh, having a third nipple is one of the most common human mutations. And it's just like, it's just a few inches down below. Huh. And it can be just the nipple or it can be a nipple and areola. It can be just sort of like a little mole. That's sort of like a mini areola, but no nipple. Huh? It's yep. That's welcome to the human body. Okay. All right. Huh. So I guess, you know, after I, I you know, I'm going to be meeting these three guys, right? Yeah. I want to make sure that we have a nice long time to get to know each other and enjoy each other fully, right? So, which is the longest calendar currently around? <laughs> which calendar is using the largest number? Okay. Okay. What do you mean the largest? Or will this become obvious when you mention the calendar? Yes. So, which is the which has the highest number associated with it? The Chinese calendar, the Gregorian calendar, the Hebrew calendar, or the Buddhist calendar. If we took to, if we took today's year, which has the highest number, mm-hmm. this was a really hard one to phrase. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the Hebrew calendar. Yeah, I think the Hebrew yeah. calendar. Hebrew as longest or that we use longest, longest. not the one that we use. <laughs> we use the uh, the Gregorian. Gregorian, yeah. right? we do. Okay, yeah. so the shortest calendar of the list that I gave you is the Gregorian, where it's 2022. Okay. Uh, the second shortest is the Buddhist calendar, where it's 2563. Damn. And the longest one is the Hebrew. <gasps> I'm 457, right. where it's 5782. Ha. Michael the Chinese is calendar the is only 4720. Hold on. I need some cheering sound effects. Do I have any cheering? I don't have any cheering sound. Well, anyway. The cricket. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sound effect that I think Michael will go out and get for himself. I think it. so. I'm smart. Four for four. <laughs> well, listener, uh, how many nipples do you have? <laughs> Let us know. We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Reviews on Apple Podcasts. Five stars everywhere. Spotify. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, see the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah. Maybe you're you're still riding that pad of butter, listener, and you're you're off the pancakes. You're you're in you're floating in the syrup sea, and uh, oh no, there's a fork coming towards you, and it's it's Michael. He's gonna eat. I'm so hungry. You a little you're a sticky butter boy, and going towards Michael's mouth. So (laughs) watch out.